0: Welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Patrick Allen, Matt Vertoram here for your Thursday show. And a really big week for us, Vertoram, because this is the last time y'all are going to hear from us until some of you have the chance to meet us and see the show in person. This weekend in Kansas City. How are you doing today, Bergram?
1: I am doing apparently better than you. If you're dealing with a, a migraine. I've, I've been there. That is ter- You're also dealing with internet issues, which I've also certainly been there to the point I actually became a running joke <laughs> yes. on the podcast for about two months on end. So uh, yeah. you, you all might be hearing a lot more from me today uh, as I'm, I'm willing to step up here. Listen, uh, I cannot wait to get to Kansas City. I am leaving tomorrow. I know you are. as Well, you are flying. I am driving. I will be there at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, central time. I am going to eat a lot of barbecue. And then if you guys, I'm assuming a lot of you, if you're on Twitter, you probably follow us already. If you don't, follow me on Twitter because uh, wherever I'm at Friday night after we eat dinner, I'm just going to tweet it out. And if, if people are in the area and they want to come hang out, have a beer, have a drink, whatever, I'll be there. I'm um, happy to see everybody uh, throughout the course of the weekend, even before the show. Of course, the show is Sunday at Tanner's Bar and Grill on Rainbow Boulevard in Kansas. Casey Beer will be there. We will be there. Uh, If you haven't RSVP'd, do so already. It does not guarantee you a seat, but it does allow you uh, to get extra raffle tickets, a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, I would suggest getting there early, be there for like the early games. Um, And then obviously we will do a pregame and and then a live show and then a postgame show uh, during... Uh, Chiefs, Broncos. So I I really hope they would win this game. If they don't, uh, the word apoplectic comes to mind, but that's that. Also, before we go any further, I will take this off Patrick's plate. We are sponsored by the Kansas City Beer Company. We are brought to you by them. KC Beer Co. is the largest locally owned brewery in Kansas City, and they're also the only brewery in KC to focus on German beer styles. I know i love the pilsner the hefeweizen dunkel you name it i love it they do great stuff if you haven't had it already what's wrong with you get there even if you have to fly to get there get there yeah they actually brew their beer according to uh, Bavarian purity laws of 1516, they only use four ingredients: malt, hops, water, and yeast. It's absolutely delicious. It's an award-winning brewery and has a terrific lineup of brews. So, whatever type of beer you're into, Casey Beer Co. has a style for you. Dare to beer different and please drink responsibly. And of course, 21 and over. Don't be a, don't be a clown. All right.
0: Yeah. So, got that all. Covered. You never drank, You never drank before you were 21,
1: right? No, I'm a, I'm a law abiding citizen, I'm a person. You're responsible. You're responsible. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right.
0: I'm bringing, you know, I'm flying Southwest and I'm, you know, they let you check the two free bags. Beautiful. Guess what? I'm bringing my carry-on, that's what the clothes are going to be in. Those other two bags, it's for for to fill up with KC beer and barbecue paraphernalia.
1: That's great. I am going I'm literally going to empty out my car. And I mean, this genuinely. Um other than the front two seats, I'm just going to fold the air seats down of the Jeep. And I am just going to load the car with Casey beer. I want to have you enough. You take the seats lasts. out. I just, just can fold them, them right the car. down. They just they like disappear. So yeah, I'm folding yeah. right down, and I'm looking to have enough. I'm gonna bring home enough beer that'll last me until the draft, and I go back out to Kansas City. So that that's the goal. Yeah. Um. I need like a fridge in the in the in the garage. Really is what I need. I don't have yeah. that.
0: Uh. But you don't have a basement fridge. Yeah. You
1: know, it should be fine just putting it out in the, the garage anyway. Um, yeah. No base, Evan, basement fridge? No, you know, I don't. No, we, uh, my, my in laws do. Uh, so maybe I'll even stock some over there, although, although my father in law might drink some I mean, of He's a beer connoisseur. Um, Evan yeah. says Matt's going to get pulled over in questions. Yes, probably. Yes. <laughs> um, I accept that. I say, none of them are going to be open. So, hey, well, you know, it's fine. It's whatever. You know, can do that. Beer's got to get the whole show out. So, going across
0: state lines, though I don't know. There's, we'll watch out for that.
1: Not shipping it, all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'll be all right. But anyway, anyway, Casey Bierko, get there. Can't wait. We're going to be there on Saturday, doing some stuff, and then Sunday they're going to join us, uh, Tanners Barn Grill over on Rainbow Boulevard on the other side of the state line, just on the other side in Kansas. All right. So let's get into this Chiefs and Broncos this week. It's the first time they're matching up this year. Uh, we, we of course know the chiefs are on a heater and a half against Denver. They've won 13 games in a row. I wrote about this. It's going to go up on Friday. Um, this is the fourth longest win streak by one team over another in NFL history. So it's tied for the, for the fourth longest streak. I think the chargers and Raiders, the chargers beat the Raiders a whole bunch in the two in thousands. Um, The dominance is getting to the point where it's borderline unparalleled. I mean, the the longest streak ever for those wondering, the Dolphins beat the Bills every time they played them in the 1970s. So that was 20 straight games. That's the record. But the the Chiefs are uh, putting it on Denver. Here's a fun game. I know you got a migrate, so I don't want to make you think too much. So in these 13 games, the Chiefs have started two different quarterbacks, Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. Denver has started seven. How many of those quarterbacks can you name?
0: Oh God Almighty!
1: A couple. This doesn't go back to Brock hilarious.
0: Osweiler, does it?
1: But he's not. No, he's not one of them.
0: It's not Brock. Oh God, I can't even remember the clown shows that they've had. Probably because my brain is swelling up. Uh,
1: no, it's because Jesus.
0: I can't remember. I can't remember any of the Broncos' quarterbacks right now. None of these guys. Did they start? Um, God, I can't remember who was the guy that was starting for him for years. It was terrible. And
1: then they, they – I, I am a complete blank. This is great. All right. So I'll uh, I'll read to if you guys can guess it in the chat here. So Evan says Trevor Simeon. Yes. He started Simeon. three of the games. Simeon. Drew Locke started four of the games. That's right. And he says Paxton Lynch, which is true. He started the game against Mahomes in Mahomes' first start. The other four guys uh, are Peyton Manning, who started the first game of this streak, and Osweiler replaced him.
0: Oh, isn't Um, that when Manning had like a meltdown? He threw like four interceptions and they benched him? Josh Maga had like two
1: of them. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's four of them. Then they had Case Keenum for one season. He started twice. Then they had Teddy Bridgewater last year. And this is the one that everybody forgets. And Caleb just said it. Kudos to you, man. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco was the one who started against Mahomes, the game Mahomes got hurt. So they've had seven different quarterbacks over this stretch start games for them. They've had three different head coaches. Hackett's about to be the fourth. So it's been instability central over in Denver. But, yes, this is the fourth longest streak in NFL history. The Chiefs are looking, to, of course, elongate that. They have this game, and then in Week 17, they match up on New Year's Day at home against Denver. Um, nine and three versus three and nine. Look, my my thing with this is you have a game where – You could really make a case, like, who's going to come out with vim and vigor in this game and who's going to be flat? Like, Denver's coming off a game where Lamar Jackson got hurt really early. The Broncos managed to score three field goals the entire game, and they were still winning 9-3 with less than a minute to go and found a way to lose 10-9. Kansas City seemingly built up the Cincinnati game like it was a Super Bowl in December and still managed to lose it. So I'll actually toss a question at you. Who comes out flat in this game? Is it Denver because they're three and nine and they they're, they've been brutal recently? Is it Kansas City because they come off this loss and they put so much into it? Is it neither one or is it both?
0: I think if anybody's coming out flat, it's Denver, uh, just because of where they're at this season. It's completely lost. They seem to many of them seem to dislike, actively dislike their quarterback. They probably don't have a lot of head, you know, faith in their head coach right now, and it, it, this game just doesn't mean anything. Now they are at home, so they might be able to get juiced up a little bit for that. But it's not even in prime time. They got flexed out because they're so bad. For the Chiefs, you know, if the Chiefs come out flat in this game, then you might as well put them on life support because if they're not, if they're not pissed off and focused, Travis Kelsey in particular, after what just happened to them against the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, I, I question if this team has the heart that we we thought it did. But I don't think that's going to happen. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun.
1: Yeah, you get it. Every time.
0: And if you love the Filet-O-Fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: Okay. So by the way, before I answer my own question, injury report literally just dropped. Exact same as yesterday. So Bolton, limited with the groin. Canary's Tony, limited with the hamstring. Everybody else is full practice. So everybody else, barring something weird, should be able to play unless they, they backslide. They should be good to go. Ah, uh, Denver's has not come out yet, and Denver's missed. Denver on on Wednesday. A lot of guys, a lot of guys, uh, highlighted by Dalton Reisner, who of course uh, is a is a good guard for them, uh, and he's from Kansas State. Uh, and Cortland Sutton with a hamstring, and it was said yesterday by uh, Nathaniel Hackett that he does not. I, I think the exact wording was it doesn't look good for Cortland Sutton to play on Sunday. So that's obviously worth watching because Cortland Sutton is the best receiver. On the Denver Broncos, we'll see if he practiced at all. Um, but it, it, look, it, it would be uh, it would be surprising if he's able to go. All right, i I think both teams are going to come out flat in this game because I think Denver is Denver to me is deader than hell at this point. I wonder if that Baltimore game is really fine is like the final nail in the coffin. Like you, you give up nine points against a backup quarterback, or excuse me, score nine points. And then you lose against a backup quarterback in the final minute because you can't stop him from going, like, 90 yards. I I just think if you're the defense, you've got to just be like, what what are we doing? What what are we doing at this point? Like, it's just so cooked emotionally. I wonder about the Chiefs, though, in this game from an emotional standpoint because they really built that Bengals game up. I mean, they talk crap, the whole deal. They're all into it. And I was watching the new Heights podcast with Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey. Now I know that that probably was recorded on like Monday. Um, but Kelsey even flat out says like, yeah, I've been having a hard time getting excited and getting up for playing this week, like because of the fumble and everything else. And, you know, I mean, does that change over the course of the week? Maybe. I just wonder if the Chiefs, after putting all their eggs in that basket against Cincinnati, they come out a little bit in this game. Like, eh, it's Denver, whatever. Um, I hope they don't, but that's my fear in this game. Is the Chiefs just come out very rote and underwhelming and it takes them a while to get going. That doesn't mean they're going to lose. Uh, Denver can't score a point, but I, I can see the Chiefs coming out very sluggishly in this game. That's my two, that's my feel on it. Yeah, and you have to give
0: Denver credit at least on the defensive side of the ball despite the fact that they're on a four-game losing streak and They've lost what? eight one for their last eight? They come yep. out on defense every week and play hard. 17 10 lost to the Titans. 22 to 16 lost to Vegas and OT. They got railroaded by the Panthers. I don't know how that happened. 23 to 10. And then 10 to 9 against Baltimore. So, you know, it's it, is this the week that the, that the defenders throw in the talent say the hell with this? Why are we why are we going out here killing ourselves? If these guys can't score any points. But a lot of proud guys on that Denver defense, the Chiefs should
1: beware. Yes, and their their injury report literally just came out. And so DJ Jones, new to the injury report, uh, he's a good defensive tackle. They did not practice with a shoulder injury. Uh, Reason they're still out with shoulder and back injuries, and Sutton did not practice as well. Everybody else was either uh, limited or full, so we'll just kind of keep an eye on that. Um, But look, I mean, you know, the the Broncos, let's also be real here. The Broncos are missing a million guys. Um, I mean, you know, Tim Patrick's out. Javante Williams is out for the year. I mean, Tim Patrick was out the first day of practice, I believe, sec- first, second day. Um, I mean, Chubb was traded away. You know, this this is a team that – you know, Bowles is out. Like, this is just yeah. a team that at this juncture is a shell of itself. This, yeah. I would compare the Broncos mostly to what the Rams were when the Chiefs played the Rams. I mean, now, obviously, yep. Russell Wilson, for as bad as he's been, he's better than Bryce Perkins, uh, I think. But the, the, the rest, like – it's otherwise very similar. Like it's a team with really no weapons to speak of. It's a team that defensively is good. I mean, Denver's better than the Rams defensively, but it's it's a team that's playing out the string. Uh, it's more of a veteran than a young team, so we'll see. But I could I just see this being a game where both these teams kind of come out a little flat, um, and it's a little ugly early. Now, other thing I wrote here on the rundown. If the Chiefs do come out and play well early, and they let's let's just say they get up ten nothing in the first quarter, let's say that offensively, Chiefs come out, Mahomes is sharp, Kelsey wants redemption, whatever, um, and they get up like ten nothing in the in the first quarter. Do you think Denver will dig in and play with pride, or do you think Denver will roll over and quit?
0: I think it comes down to how the Chiefs defense plays if that situation arises, right? If they are mentally focused and they don't give up just you know they don't do something stupid like blow a coverage, they have a chance in that scenario to really get after the Broncos and make them roll over. But if they leave the door open on the defensive side of the ball because they can't stop the run or they're not right. where they're supposed to be or they're or you know Nick Bolton's running backwards instead of towards the line of scrimmage again this week. I don't then, then Denver's going to get they're going to get inspired because this is a division rivalry. There's no love yep. loss between the players on the Chiefs and the players on the Broncos. The, don't think the Broncos, if Hackett and of course he, I don't know how good of a coach he is, so he may not have mentioned this, but if he's talked to them about this this winning streak that the Chiefs have against them, um, you know th- that should be a motivator for them. But who knows? I, I could see them rolling over. They're just their season is is toast, man.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's really important. That the Chiefs get up early in this game because I think if they do, I, I don't know that I think Denver will quit. I think I think though their their fight will be taken out of them a little bit. It is, it, I think if if they know that they're down ten points against Kansas City, like just the way their offense has played this year, I think defensively it's going to be like, well, what's even the point? We're just, we're not going to win, can't score. I will say this though, yeah. if you're the Broncos, this is your Super Bowl. This game, like this is because they're not they're not beating them in Arrowhead. They're not. That is the game. I can see the Chiefs beating them by 30 points. Th- this is the one game. Like, if you're Denver, now I do think it hurts them actually that it came out of prime time. Like, if it's prime time, if yeah. you're building prime time, you know, like, I think it actually does hurt Denver a hell of a lot more. Hurts the Chiefs that came out of prime time because with Denver, it's like, all right, that's just another game, and it's not even a standalone. It's a 405 game. Like, it's just a, it's just a late game because they're out in you know mountain time. Um that I think does kind of hurt them a little bit. In what do you think their the- crowd
0: will be like? I mean, I think you're there
1: sitting there this game.
0: Yeah, like would you rather? Would you rather go watch your terrible Broncos team at an afternoon game, not Sunday Night Football, play the Chiefs, or would you rather get your Christmas shopping done? Like, I'm serious. Right. People think about this stuff. Like, they're like, man, I'm selling these tickets to. I don't want. Don't no. sell them to Chiefs fans. I got shit to do. It's the holidays are coming.
1: I, I think I think it's going to be very. To start the game, a very apathetic crowd, a very – I think you're to have a lot of Chiefs fans at the game. I do. I mean, let's be honest. If you, if, if you were a Broncos fan, would you want to go watch this? And if you're a Broncos fan, you got to look at it from the other side of it too. A lot of Broncos fans are probably going to sit there and say, look, we're going to get killed this week. I mean, let's be real. I mean, if, if you're a Broncos fan, you're not – like it's like when the Chiefs sucked and the Broncos had Manning. You weren't like, man, can't wait to watch this game. You're going to get smoked. Who the hell wants to see this crap? Right. So, um look, when you look at Denver, we'll get into all the, the matchup stuff here in a minute. But Denver is just the, the only way to me that the Chiefs lose the game is the, the way they lost to the Colts, which is just a million mistakes and all kinds of crap that they do to leave them in it. Uh, we'll get to that in a bit. But no, I think it's going to be crowd wise. I think it's going to be a pretty docile crowd, especially by Denver standards. Say what you want. Broncos fans are great fans. They're loud as hell. They're hard to play against. I think I think if the Chiefs allow the Broncos to stay in the game, it becomes a problem. If the Chiefs can pull away and get up by 10 points, I, then I think it becomes one of these things. like, eh, all right, you know. Tom Hood, by the way, says if Broncos score 20 points or more, Spag should be fired. I'm actually with you. On the field, at the 50-yard line. I mean, Denver, Denver can't do anything. So I, I would uh, – I'm, I'm right there with you. All right, let's get into – I mentioned earlier the Broncos are beat up, okay? So Tim Patrick, wide receiver, he's out. KJ Hamler, he's out. Garrett Bowles, uh, Pro Bowl left tackle, he's out. Javante Williams, running back, he unfortunately tore some ligaments in his knee earlier this year against the Raiders. He's out. Bradley Chubb, uh, who was by far their best pass rusher uh, this season. In fact, he still leads the team in sacks. Uh, he's gone. He was traded after eight games. So you're talking about a lot of guys. And then I mentioned earlier, Cortland Sutton likely out. We'll see with Dalton Reasoner. He might be out. hasn't practiced yet this week. I mean, Denver's missing a million guys. For the Chiefs, with Cole Hardman, he's still got one more game on IR. Um, my understanding from talking to people around the team, could be back for the Houston game. Uh, that That's the hope. But other than that, Chiefs pretty healthy here. Everybody's practicing, at least to some extent. Bolton and Tony are the only guys who have been eliminated with a groin and a hamstring, respectively. Everybody else... Um, Looking to be good to go, so you would you would think in this game, health wise, Chiefs have a huge advantage. If if Sutton cannot go in this game, and again, it, it, it was said earlier this week by Hackett, they, they don't expect him to. That's an enormous blow. Sutton has 688 receiving yards this year, only has one touchdown, but he is by far the most productive receiver. Leads him in first downs, leads him in targets by 30, leads him in yards, leads him in receptions by 18. Like not having him is enormous. Now, they, they, Jerry Judy will be there. Greg Dulcich, who's a rookie tight end, he's actually played well. He's only been seven games, just three hundred nineteen yards, so he's done a pretty nice job. Uh, they'll have Kendall Hinton, who's there, who's going to be the number two receiver in this game. Only has two hundred seventy three yards though. Like really, has been very much just a, a guy. And then after that, it's Melvin Gordon and KJ Hamler. Well, Gordon's on the Chiefs now, and KJ Hamler's on IR. Um, so right. You're really – I mean, you're really – it's Judy and it's Dulcich to some extent. Well, I don't want to – I'm not denigrating either guy. I mean, combined, they're averaging 97 yards a game, Judy and Dulcich. So, like, this is a game where the Chiefs' health should be much better, and that should play a big factor in how this game goes.
0: Yeah, I I think the Chiefs – obviously, the big thing for the Chiefs on offense here is they've got to deal with this – Pretty good pass defense of the Denver Broncos. Despite all the troubles that this team has, they are third. They're only giving up uh, like 184 yards a game. That's third in the NFL. It is not easy to pass against these guys. Now, of course, the Chiefs are the best offense in the NFL. They rack up the most yards. So they should be able to have a little bit of success no matter how good the defense they're playing is. We've seen them play. They lit up the San Francisco 49ers who weren't playing as good around that time. But right now that defense is pretty much lights out. It's it's absurd what they're doing to teams uh, as far as allowing points. But they can you can run a little bit on the Broncos, They're giving up about 120 rushing yards per game. And this is a game where, much like you mentioned, the the Rams game, I think the Chiefs come out maybe with a similar game plan here. Try to pound Isaiah Pacheco in there, get Jericho McKinnon involved, get their running game going, and try to neutralize a little bit of what Denver does really well on defense, and that's defend the pass.
1: Yeah, look, you know, and we're going to get into their numbers here in a second, but Denver's defense is really, really good. Now, I, I talked about this with Ben Heisler on the show this afternoon when we are talking about the, the gambling aspects of the game. Um, I'm very interested with Denver this week in terms of, like, defensively. Look, I, I think they're absolutely a very good defense. But it's also a little bit of a weird thing to evaluate because their offense is so bad that if you're the opposition, like, you're not going to be aggressive against that defense. You're not going to take chances. You're not going to try to really stretch them. Why would you? I mean, basically, you know you need about 17 to 20 points to win the game. You just don't want to turn the ball over. You want to play field position, right? I mean, that doesn't mean Denver's not a very good, capable defense. I'm not not trying to throw them under the bus. I think they are. I'm just saying it's a game where I do wonder – Like, how many teams have really tried to throw the ball a ton against Denver? Why would you? I mean, realistically, why wouldn't you just run the ball at them, play a ball-control-style attack? I mean, if you're up 10 points on Denver, the game's over. So, I I mean, you would one would think you would run the ball. Plus, Denver's trailing a lot, so you're going to run the ball. You're going to play that style. Um, I think if the Chiefs execute, they'll be fine. Like, the one thing with Denver, and and again, we're going to get to the stats here in just a second, not a great pass-rushing team. Like with Chubb not being there now, um, like Draymond Jones leads the team with five and a half sacks. After that, it's Baron Browning with three and a half. I actually like him; he's a good looking rookie. Uh, but three and a half sacks, and then it's like one and a half, one. Deshaun Williams with two sacks, one, one, two, one and a half, two and a half. Like it's just, it's not. There's nobody on that team without Chubb. You're like that guy's a big time pass rusher so i think in this game like if the chiefs just decide like they're going to drop back and throw the ball like, so is incredible he's a great corner and he's going to shut down whoever he goes against i don't know that they're shutting kelsey down i don't think they have anybody who can guard kelsey justin simmons is a terrific shape he's not guarding kelsey one-on-one so like that's where i kind of fall on this like i, I think denver is very good defensively. I don't know that they're the dominant defense that some of these stats lay out because of the offense. In a weird way, almost helping the statistics because nobody has to be aggressive against them.
0: Yeah, and that's a that's a fair point. They're so putrid on it's offense. It's like there's the bottom, and then there's ten feet of crap, and then there's the Broncos <laughs> offense. Um, I mean, th- th- this could be a game, like, and this this game could tell us a lot about the Chiefs' defense. Because I'm not too high on them right now. And and maybe I'm being a little unfair. You know, Cincinnati's got one of the better offenses in the league. They're on the rise. They struggled with them, but they're one of the best offenses in the league. But this is a game where I got annoyed, and maybe this isn't fair either, but I got annoyed when they gave up a touchdown to the Rams. Like I was annoyed. I was like, they should not be giving up a touchdown. They, they should be holding this team to three points, six points. Like they should not be able to get in the end zone against our defense. And I feel the same way going into this game against the Broncos. Like the Chiefs should not allow a touchdown in this game.
1: I, I I hear that. I mean, my feeling on it is if, if they allow one, I can live with it. They better not allow any more than that. Like Denver, Denver can't score. I, if they give up more than 13 points in this game, I'm going to be pretty annoyed. Denver is an absolute car wreck of an offense. Now they average, right. like just under 14 a game, but that factors in earlier in the year when they had all their guys. Okay. And they had Sutton and they had Javante Williams and they had Garrett. Ball. I mean, this team is a skeleton crew. They're, they're brutal. Now, the Chiefs defense, look, I've I've killed them all week long, and rightfully so. Okay. Uh most people have. I will say this though. If you want to look at it from a an honest perspective, they've been an average defense statistically this season. They've been an average defense. They're right in down the middle on most statistics in in the in the league. The only thing they're really bad at is in the red zone. They're terrible in the red zone. Which that ought to be interesting this week because Denver is by a mile the worst offense in the red zone. So that that should right. be quite a matchup. But, you know, when they played the Colts, I know they lost the game in a ridiculous fashion. The defense was great in that game. They didn't lose because of the defense. They lost because their offense and their special teams just, just conspired to essentially bet against them and give the game away. You know, defensively, when they've played underwhelming teams, they've been good against them. They were very good against Jacksonville. They were very good against Tennessee. I, I, they had one drive where Tennessee ran the ball from the field on field. Other than that, the Chiefs really shut them down defensively. Um, they were very good against the Cardinals early in the year. You know, they were they were excellent against the Rams. I mean, they gave up 10 points. So this is a defense that when it's played bad offenses, it's largely shut down. The Bucs are the only like weird one, but that's a game where frankly the Chiefs were up 21 to 3 and it became a thing where like the Bucs just threw the ball every single down and the Chiefs are kind of trading time for points. I mean, the Bucs never got close in that game. I, I gotta be fair, like the Chiefs, they scare the hell out of you sometimes defensively with the way they play. But when they've played bad teams, they've largely done well defensively. They don't give up a ton of points. It's not like they've just been like giving up a crap ton of points to these teams. So I think the Chiefs defense will play okay in this game. Um, my concern honestly is offensively. Like, is it just gonna be a game where do they come out pissed off and they and they roll up 27 points and they just pull them out? Or is it one of these games where they turn the ball over and they take penalties and they're, they're kind of out to lunch and the play calling doesn't make sense. And it's seven to six at halftime. And, you know, and, and as uh, Jake says, I'm so stoked to see a live and in person. on so Sunday well, let me tell you, Jake, if this game's close, you're going to see one hell of one because I, I, I will lose to. my mind if they're close with this team, but I have a feeling they're going to be because I, I just, I have a weird feeling about this game from an emotional perspective. I really do.
0: We're going to, and I hate to disappoint you, Jake. We're going to try to keep it family friendly at Tanner's. We so are. we're going to try to keep a lid on, on yes. the F bombs Um, for vert families could be in there, but yeah, I like, I agree with you. I, I think the chiefs, I'm really interested to see how the offense responds in this game. Cause is as stout as Denver's defense can be, I think a lot has to do with, with Juju Smith-Schuster in this game. How right okay. is he? Is he out there, you know, is he able to contribute in a meaningful way? I think if he is, I know Kelsey's going to come to play. I just, I, I find it hard to believe. Travis Kelsey averages about a fumble a year, right? Like, he's not happy about what happened. He wants to get that, wash that bad taste out of his mouth. Sure. If you saw Mahomes on the sideline after that game, he was banging his helmet on the, guessing. on. he was pissed. So, I think Mahomes, Kelsey, they're going to be ready to roll. And that doesn't mean that, that, that it's impossible for them to meet resistance, but if if Juju Smith Schuster's rolling and and he's back, I think I think Denver's going to have a tough time stopping this team. I saw somebody in the chat asked if um, if we thought Kadarius Tony would be out there. Um, look, he's been limited. I mean, and I'm interested in your thoughts on this Vertigo. My my thinking with Tony is. He's he's suffered from hamstring injuries. He had one earlier this year in New York. Now he's had one in Kansas City. Those are notorious for lingering. Just just ask Julio Jones. The Chiefs really need that guy and his dynamicism for the playoffs. This game against Denver, I know if you guys healthy, you want him out there. But if they have even a question of whether or not he needs more rest, rest, the Chiefs have enough on offense to win this game. There's no reason to rush him back out there and set him back and reset the clock. You know, I I want him. I want him for the Seattle game.
1: I want him for the first round of the playoffs. Totally agree. Um, I don't know. Look, I I think you can't, you can't risk it. If he's not ready to go, then he he can't play. I mean, there's no reason to be trotting him out there. Um, and, and taking any, any real chance. Um, there's just no, there's no point. There's no point. Uh, By the way, as far as Kelsey, Kelsey's interesting because he's had some weird games against Denver in his career. So since Mahomes has been there, his yardage total in these games, 78, 79, 44, 142, 31, 136. Now, last year, 27 and 34. Um, Now, this is a totally different defense for Denver. So it's kind of hard to compare all these things. I went back and looked. Interestingly enough, now and again, I don't know how much any of this matters because Denver's got a new coach, a new quarterback, new coordinators, all that stuff. Mahomes is 9-0 and in his career against Denver. He's only thrown 12 touchdown passes in those games. Only averages 253 passing yards a game against Denver. However, Spagnuolo has been god with a, with a clipboard against Denver. So in Kansas City, he's coached against them six times. The, the Broncos are averaging 12.3 points per game in those games. I mean, Spagnuolo's has completely shut him down. Now, again, different team, but this this offense is the worst one he's faced yet. I mean, they can't score at all. So that's something to keep in mind. The one thing I, I will say, and we haven't touched on it yet, and I want to touch on it right now as we get ready right here for the preview. Like, the, the biggest advantage in this game is the coaching. I mean, I get on Andy sometimes with the way they, they play on Sunday and certain things they do. Andy Reid is Belichick, Hallis, and Curly Lambeau rolled into one compared to Nathaniel Hackett here. I mean, let's be – like, Nathaniel Hackett is so bad as a head coach. That, to me, is the biggest advantage. The Chiefs are just going to outcoach the hell out of them in this game. Honestly. Um, That that is – if you said to me, what are you sure about in this game? I'm sure about that. That I'm sure about. Denver's defense really well coached offensively. Denver is one of the worst coached football teams I've ever seen. And I'm not exaggerating. Like literally I've watched, I don't want to say every snap of Denver this year. I've probably was 90 plus percent of them.
0: Oh God bless you.
1: I know. And that's why they pay me the big bucks. I, <laughs> I mean, Patrick, I'm not kidding, man. It's brutal. Like it's so bad. It's so bad. And not, not even just like, Oh, Wilson can't throw the ball. Ha ha. Like, I mean, even just like routes and concepts like they will. I I can't hear how many times you'll watch them in a game and you're like, did they run the wrong route? Was it called like that? Like what happened there? Like two, three guys end up in a spot where they're five yards apart from each other. You know, what what the hell was that? Like, And then Wilson will throw the ball. Like, you know, they'll have a guy break wide open. And it's actually like a pretty well coached up situation. And then he'll throw the ball. Like into the ground at some other guy, you know? Like, did he not know the progression? I mean, there was a report out there a few weeks ago that that some people around the team confirmed um, that he was calling audibles that they don't even have. That like the, they're they're for the Seahawks. Yeah. So, I mean, this is what you're dealing with going into this game. Like, this is this is what you're talking about. I mean, you're talking about a team that is just. Absolutely useless offensively, which leads us into the preview. So, look, the Chiefs, depending on the book, they're laying nine points. Chiefs are nine point favorite on the road. Uh, total is 44, which so I think is high. I, I know normally the Chiefs are in like the high 40s, low 50s. This game, you're basically asking how high can the Chiefs get? Um, here's the primer, statistically speaking. So, the Broncos are one and eight in their last nine games. They started out the year two and one, since then, one and eight. They're the worst offense in football by a litany of metrics. I started to list them, and I was like, I'm going to be here all day. They're, they're horrible offensively. Defense has been great. Here's a stat for you that we talked about earlier on the show with Ben Heisler. Denver this year in 12 games is 11-1 and one against the under this year. 11-1. and one. So if you're, a, if you're a better and you're looking for a play, that might be the way to go. And then the other note I wrote down is Nathaniel Hackett likely one and done in the Mile High City. Offensively. Denver ranks 26th in yards per play. They have a lot 38 sacks, which is 29th in the league. They're 17th in yards per pass attempt. They're 30th on third down. They only convert 27.4%. They're 32nd in the red zone, 37.5%. And they are, they are both dead last in yards and in points per drive. So they are, they're bad, man. Like there's, there's no other way to put it. Um, Now, defensively, they're fourth in yards per play against. They're first in yards per pass attempt. They are 19th in yards per carry against. So you can run on them, as as Patrick mentioned earlier. Here's one thing I thought was interesting, though. They're fourth in blitz rate. They blitz a ton. But they're only 15th in pressure rate and 15th in sacks. So they blitz a lot. They don't get home a ton. They're about average in terms of getting home. And, of course, now without Chubb, a little below average. But I'm curious to see, will they blitz Kansas City in this game? Will they blitz like they normally do? That's one thing to watch. They're third and third down, and they're first by a mile in the red zone. They are a great red zone defense. Um, So, look, Denver is very good defensively. They are absolutely brutal offensively. I saw a stat earlier and I was going down this stuff. The Broncos this year have punted 72 times. 72 times. Nobody else has punted more than 66. 72 times for Denver – the Chiefs have punted 31 times. Denver's more than t- like doubled the punt total for Kansas City. I mean, that, that that's how bad they have been offensively. But obviously, again, a very good defense. It Also, defense is on the field all day long for Denver. They're constantly out there, but they've, they've held up. It is
0: staggering how bad they've been offensively. I mean, I don't know if you've mentioned this yet. <laughs> Coming into this game, Russell Wilson has eight, Touchdowns eight and five interceptions. It's unbelievable. I mean, that's in that is, I mean, Mahomes throws five in a game. Sometimes they can't score, and that's why I'm really looking for this Chiefs defense to step up. One thing about Russell Wilson is he doesn't he doesn't turn the ball over a lot, interception wise, as he's only thrown five interceptions throughout the year. So that's that's not terrible, but he gets sacked a ton. And so this is a game for the Chiefs, I think, who were red hot rushing the quarterback until they went up against the Bengals. This is a a game for them to get their groove back. But I'm interested to hear from you in his career, not necessarily this year. um, But you know what? He's actually, I'll give him this. Russell Wilson's still throwing, he's still trying the deep ball. He's got completions of 55, 51, 47, 66, uh, 67. So he'll right. still chuck it up there, right? He's not good at matriculating the ball down the field. If you're Spagnolo in this game, do you blitz like crazy and and allow for potential bad matchups down the field where he's able to chuck one up, or do you play more conservatively against this offense and just you know make them move the ball down the field?
1: I would not play cover zero because I don't want to give up some big bomb. But I I would play a single high safety. I, I'd go after him all night mostly in this game. I would. i I've, I've been consistent all year in saying. I think the Chiefs' defense should be about takeaways, be about forcing negative plays. Um, it should be about situational football, third down, which it's been okay at, red zone, which has been awful at. Um, that to me is what this team should be about defensively. Now, I will say this you don't want to give up a cheap touchdown to this team because th- you got to make them earn it. They're so bad. But I think if you keep a safety back, you should be able to do that to some extent. They, again, they have nobody. Like, Sutton's probably not playing. We'll find out officially on Friday, but it doesn't like he's going to play. Who's left? Jerry, Judy. Like, that is it, man. They're brutal. If I'm the Chiefs, I am relentlessly. Wilson doesn't run anymore. You know he's not going anywhere. I mean, everyone's in a blue moon. He'll scramble out for 10 yards. But it's rare. I mean, this year, Russell Wilson has run for 158 yards, averaging 14 and a half yards game. So he's not going anywhere. Judy has 514 yards in 10 games, okay? If you look at his game log, the first game of the year he had 100 yards, he's not touched 100 since. His games the rest of the year, here, here are the totals, 11, 17, 53, 53, 54, 96 against the Jets, 63, 0, 65. Like, I am, I am more than willing, if I'm the Chiefs, to challenge the hell out of the Broncos in this game, keep a single high, shade him over Judy, who's definitely their deep ball receiver. Okay, I think he's got like four or five plays over 30 yards. And so go ahead and beat me. Because Kendall Hanton, listen, it was a nice story. He was forced, people might remember that name. He was forced to play quarterback for them during that COVID year when, when they had no quarterbacks left, and he had played like Wake Forest. Um, I mean, this year his receiving totals in these games, 20, 27, 39, 8. 14, 62, 57, 35, and 11. He's the number two receiver on this team if Sutton doesn't play. Like, he's got three catches over 30 yards. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm, I'm just going after Wilson and saying, you know what, man? Single high, man – I will tell you guys one thing. I swear to God, if they get into zone coverage against this team, my head's, my, my brain's going to leak out of my ear. I hope Tanner's has a mop. Okay? If they, if they play zone coverage against Denver – I'm going to lose it. Get in man coverage and just take this team out of the game. If you can't cover that, if McDuffie can't cover Kendall Hinton, give it up. I don't know what to tell you. Would you go after him or would you back up?
0: I would would play it a little bit more safe. Uh, You know, I think occasional blitzes, but definitely no cover zero. Because I feel like that's the only thing Wilson has left is to chuck up that deep ball. And with the young secondary that the Chiefs have, why even run the risk of getting a you know somebody panicking and getting a pass interference call? Because this defense is, has shown the ability to stop people. And so if you give up a cheap t- a cheap touchdown, all of a sudden you're you know we're all feeling nervous because we're like ah eh, if the offense is struggling against a respectable defense, now we give up an easy touchdown. I mean they're they're le- on the running game. They're leaning on Latavius Murray right now, who's you know almost out of the league. He's averaging. Three point nine yards per carry this Even season. Awful. He had like he had one good game against Carolina where he went 13 for 92. Last week against Baltimore, 17 carries for 47 yards. Two weeks before that against Vegas, 17 carries for 49 yards. Two point nine. He averaged two point seven against Tennessee. Like the Chiefs should the Chiefs should have Denver in third and longs all day long. So, you know, if you want to bring one extra blitzer to, to, to create a little bit of extra pressure, but they should be able to get after Wilson because he should be, have to be waiting for guys to get downfield to try to get past the sticks. So if they can shut down the run and put themselves in favorable, don't get into a situation where, you know, they're in a second and two and you're sending an all-out blitz and then you get hit over the top for some big play. I think if they do that, they're going to be fine. Just stop the run and put them in a bad situation. So one thing
1: over pro football reference, which I love to use. um, So look, this year in 11 starts for Russell Wilson, he's already been hit 10 times more than he was hit a year ago when he started 14 games in Seattle. Um, He has done nothing in terms of play action yardage. Like every year he's over a thousand yards, play action passing. This year he's at 576. So like obviously he has five more games to go, but he's, He's on pace for like 800. Um, He is averaging the worst in his career in terms of yards per scramble attempt. He's only scrambled 20 times all year. Now, one thing I did find very interesting. So in his career, he's not been a guy, even though he's smaller, he's not been a guy who's got a lot of passes batted down. Um, This only goes back to 2018. So in the last five years, this is the highest number of times he's he so so over the last four years prior to the season, he had 16 balls batted down the line of scrimmage. This year alone, he said 12. If you don't get home, get your hands up. A lot of and I think I think a lot of that is short passes, you know, balls on a lower trajectory coming out quick. Get your hands up. The Chiefs are usually pretty good about that. To be fair to them, Carl has had some Dunlap's very good at it. Jones is excellent at it. Your hands up, bats and balls, maybe even get a pick out of it. Um, I know he's been he's been brutal, man. Like I, you will get passer rating, which I'm not a huge fan of, but like he's well over 100 every year of his career. He's at 89 this year. Like it's, you know, his passing touchdown percentage, which like 100 is average. The worst he's ever been before this is 94. He's typically well over 100. He's at 76 this year. Like it's, if you're the Chiefs, for the love of God, man, get him under some pressure and go after him. Like, I, I just, he's taken 37 sacks in 11 games. Sometimes he'll take big sacks. Like, he'll, he'll, he'll scramble backwards instead of sideways. And he'll, you could sack him for 12, 13 yard losses. Like, I, I think no matter how they play him, whether in terms of aggressiveness and blitzing and whatnot, the only thing I'll say in this game, I say it, I feel like almost every week, because I truly believe this you have the, you have the horses, get in man coverage, get in man coverage in this game. Don't give him a bunch of easy throws. These receivers are not Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. They are horrendous. Get up on the line of scrimmage and challenge them. I mean, it's, this is not that difficult. If you can't beat this offense up, you have, like, like 5 alarm fire problems.
0: And it's a chance for the Chiefs defense to gain some confidence, especially after last week where they couldn't get a stop when they needed one. This is an offense. Come in here. Take them to task. Do your thing. Get a little bit of swagger. This Chiefs defense does not have any swagger when they're out there, no matter who they're playing. Um, I'd love to see them playing more downhill, playing, playing with speed, running into the ball character run into the ball carrier, this migraine, run into the ball carrier. You know, instead of just, they so often, particularly against Cincinnati, they were just waiting for the ball carrier to come to them. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm standing at the sticks. I'll just wait for him to get here and make sure I don't miss his tackle. And then they'd miss the tackle anyway. Um, uh, Doug in in Kansas says, um, Matt and Patrick, do you think Juju uh, has too many hits to the head is okay? Have you heard anything this week, Vertoram, about him? last week he it did get hit in the head he's coming off the concussion he goes in the tent he came back in the game didn't do anything has there been any talk about him
1: not in the protocol not on the injury report so um it appears to be fine you know i mean you never know but uh i mean he, he appears to be fine i I, don't, I have not asked um because he's not been on the report so if he's not on the report team's telling you he's good um yeah, the, the head thing against cincinnati wasn't it like he like Hitting it at a turf, like he dove for something, or he fell forward. As I, as I
0: remember, he got yeah, he kind of got like whacked in the back and, and fell on, on his face. Yeah. Is what I yeah. in my mind yeah.
1: picture from the replay. Um, By the way, let me tell you something. Is, film you, Friday is coming out tomorrow, and I went back and I watched the film that game. I would not advise if people sit back and watch the defensive film that game. That is, you think it was bad watching it live. Go rewatch that and count the mistakes, and I, I hope you have a calculator because just wrong coverage, not getting a drop deep enough, blowing a coverage because you don't understand where you're supposed to be on the field. Four-man rush with no stunts or twists. Oh, my God, that game. We could have done a film. for. I could have broke that down for two hours, how, how many times that they just made mistake after mistake after mistake. I mean, just <laughs> – how much of it do
0: you think was scheme versus the poor play? Like if you had to divide it up in percentages, scheme versus poor play?
1: Uh, I'd say poor play 60, scheme 40. I thought that yeah. – I thought the scheme was really bad. I thought it was really bad. But the reason I'd say 60, 40, poor play is because, the, like to me, at the end of the day, no matter what scheme you're playing, you got to be able to get to where you're supposed to be. You, you know, when you play zone defense, you got you have landmarks, and you have reads, and you got to be there. Like – I. I'll tell you guys right now, the film Friday, the breakdown I did was on a play where they were in zone coverage. And it's just, it shows you why they should never be in zone coverage. And I, and I actually said it in the video. Of course, I didn't break down two plays in a row for 20 minutes. Um, The play right after the one I break down on film Friday, I swear to God, you guys can go fact check this. The next play, they do the exact same thing. Give up one more yard than they give up on the play I covered. Like it's, they they literally do the exact. The Bengals ran almost the same play, like a little bit of a variation. Chiefs did the exact same thing, gave up thirty seven yards on two plays. Just couldn't cover it. Couldn't even be bothered. They are not beat, or they're not. Excuse me, They're not built. They're not built to play zone coverage. They're a disaster in it. Like I, so I blame Spags for that. But I also like to me it comes down to like you got to tackle somebody like spags it's not on him man like somebody's got to tackle you know the last play of the game justin reed is in another zip code i don't know where he's like i know he's in too deep shape i get it but like you're you're supposed to just drive the ball if you see that on third and 11 with the game on the line nobody's running a go route. like you got to be there man he's 15 yards away um I would have, you know, I, I would have uh, maybe made that point, but uh, he had his own issues on Twitter this week, which actually, by the way, real quickly. So we don't have to get all the way into this. I woke up, what was it, Tuesday? and i have seen all these people tweeting about Justin Reed. I'm like, what? What's going on? I, I First thing. I'm like, are we talking about what he said during the week? Like, what's going on? And then I went to click over to see what he said, but. In a first, I'm blocked by Justin Reed on Twitter. I'm guessing because I, I made a comment that he was, did a great job of guarding the pylon on Sunday. So that, that might have been why. Fair enough. I understand that. So if, I'm like, I can't even see it. And I asked the buddy, I'm like, what did he say? And he sends me a screenshot. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, that's, that's about as soft as it gets, man. Like, you got roasted as a defense. 431 yards, 27 points. You lose the game. You are the reason you lost the game. I didn't think Kelsey fumbled the ball. I get it. Bro, it's so soft. That is so soft. And you're out there like, yeah, well, you know, I, essentially, I played well. First of all, no, you didn't. Okay. No, you didn't. The only time I saw you was Samaj P. Ryan just throwing you down like a child. Okay. Number one. Second of all, I, even if you played the best game of your life, your team stunk in the game. I don't want to hear you up there like, you know, I played well. Like, what do we do? Can you imagine Mahomes did that? Like they can you imagine right. they lost like like a game, whatever, 34-31, and Mahomes would be like, well, I bought I balled out. <laughs> Never. What do we do? Uh, bad luck, man. Bad luck.
0: You and I were texting about it, and I talked with Sterling about it, Sterling Holmes, our co-host on 810 on Tuesday night. And a lot of people think, and I tend to agree, bench his ass, bench him for a half against Denver. I, I mean,
1: don't it. I don't think they will, it, but I will. You know, I would.
0: We, we know that during the week that Andy Reid said he doesn't like the trash talking and that he, he talked, you know, he, he relayed that he talked to Reid about it. So now you wake up after they lose. If Andy was mad about him talking during the week, I cannot fathom how angry he was when he woke up. And he's got people chirping, you know what, well, Andy's not on Twitter, but you know, I'm sure assistant coaches or whoever like Reed's doing it again on Twitter. And, and I think Andy has to send a message. I think this is important because that side of the ball is not playing well. Like you don't see this crap and it's on spags as well. Cause you don't see this crap from the offense. You don't see Kelsey or Mahomes or Joe Tooney going out there, you know, and, and the advantage the offense has is they got a bunch of veteran professional guys over there and the defense has a lot of young guys and not a clear leader anymore. And I put it on Andy and Spags. They need to talk to him. And then the other two people I put it on, on the defensive side of the ball, it's Chris Jones, Chris Jones. I know it's his, he usually is, he's the emotional leader. He's that he does, you know, he lets his play on the field, do the talking and stuff. He needs to corner that dude in the locker room or speak up to that whole defense and he's been in the league for a long time. He's the best player on that defense, one of the best players on the team and in the league. He's got sway, and he needs to speak up and say, who are we going to be as a defense? Follow my lead. You know, Chris Jones doesn't – he trash talks on the field, but you don't generally see him too much in the media. And then Patrick Mahomes. Like, I think it's to the point where I know it's not his side of the ball, and sometimes guys might scoff at that, but he's Patrick Mahomes. He's Patrick F. Mahomes. Like – he needs to go over to that guy and be like, "Dude, shut the hell up! Like, do your job. Play that. We need you out on the field. We need you focused because you don't want your guys. They're trying to focus on Denver, and people are asking them about Justin Reed said on Twitter. And like, I know but maybe it doesn't make a difference when they're out there, but any any you don't want any energy being spent still worrying about the Cincinnati game. Watch the film, burn it, and move on to Denver." And you got this guy out there,
1: and he's dragging you back into last week. And that's that. That's how you run into a trap game. To me, the worst part of it is, look, I, I don't, like, he goes on Twitter. He says he wants to say, it, fine, whatever. I, I don't think he should. Okay. But my problem with it is, like, I saw a lot of people like, well, Honey Badger did a lot of that. You, you know, the Honey Badger was also like a defense player of the year candidate for them, okay? Say so you know whatever you want about Tyron Matthew. And I, you know, a lot of people give him a lot of crap. Tyron Matthew is last year in Kansas City was not the same player he was the first two years. But I'll tell you right now, they're not winning the Super Bowl without Tyron Matthew. Okay? Tyron Matthew, one day, in my opinion, should be in their ring of honor. They are not winning the Super Bowl without that guy. He completely changed that defense. And he was the emotional leader. And I like, yeah, he got on Twitter and he said this, that. And you know what though? He wasn't out there talking crafty to the team. He'd sometimes go back and forth with the fans. I don't think that was the smartest thing in the world, but he he never. Like, he wouldn't, he wouldn't like, attack to the team, and then they'd lose, and they'd be talking shit afterward. Like, it's embarrassing. Honestly, it's a horrible look. It's a loser's look. And if I'm the Chiefs, if I'm a player on the Chiefs, i got to be honest with you, if I'm a big-time player on the Chiefs, I'm pissed. I absolutely, if I was Mahomes or Chris Jones or Travis Kelsey or one of these other guys, I'd pull him aside and be like, look, man, we don't do that shit here. Like, I don't care what was done in Houston or whatever else. Like, Houston, you guys didn't win crap. In fact, Justin Reed, you were on the other side of that 51 31 game. Okay. You were the one who had that fake punt. You got tackled by Sorensen. Like, I would not be sitting there okay with that if I'm in the Chiefs locker room. Like, you need to stop. And I don't care if you think you had a good game. Who gives a shit if you had a good game? Isaiah Pacheco had a good game. I'll say Isaiah Pacheco on Twitter. Like, yeah, you know, it wasn't my problem. We lost that game. You win as a team, you lose as a team. And that's. To me, my biggest concern about Chiefs, I said this a lot last season. I haven't said it up until now about them this year because I don't think it's warranted, but I do in this instance. Last year, I felt like the Chiefs had no accountability defensively, none. Like, I feel like there was just no, like, they would – how many times last year would they blow a coverage or whatever? Like, nobody ever really seemed to be that upset except for Matthew who was screaming at Sorensen and everybody else in the team. Against Cincinnati, when Kelsey fumbled the ball, you could see how pissed off he was. Like It it visibly bothered him. If you watch his new podcast, like it still is bothering him. When is the last time a Chiefs defensive player looked that pissed off because they missed a tackle? Or they blown a sign? Or they didn't bring a guy down on a sack? Or they gave up a touchdown? When's the last time they've looked like that? Like, I don't want to hear Justin Bieber. I mean, I don't want to see Tyron Matthew. I don't want to see... Any of these guys on this defense talking about anything, unless you're Chris Jones. Chris Jones wants to say something, fine. He's earned that, right? He's got jewelry on his hand. He's been a Chief for a long time. That guy's a Hall of Fame-level player. I don't want to hear a word out of anybody else in the Chiefs defense. Not a word. I don't want to hear it out of Frank Clark after the game talking about, well, you know, we didn't have our best effort today. That's great, Frank. Thanks. I, I don't want to hear it out of any of the rookies They haven't earned it yet. I don't want to hear it out of Bolton, who's been up and down this year, okay, or Gay, who was suspended for a month. I don't want to hear it out of any of these guys. Look, man. You need to go out and play better. That's it. And by the way, if they play really well against Denver this week, I don't want to hear a word that they shut down Denver. Okay. Right. Go out, do your job, shut your mouth, and play football. Like, I look, these guys are human. I have no problem. These guys want to be on Twitter. They want to interact with people. They want to talk about ball. That's fine. But don't, when I say shut your mouth, I'm referring to. If you give up 27 points and you give up 431 yards after you talked a ton of smack the week prior and didn't even know what you were talking about, by the way, while you were doing it, maybe, maybe rein it in a little bit after the game. Yeah. Like Nobody needs to hear from you in that situation. I think most of the guys in the locker room would say the same thing. And Juan Thornhill getting it like, listen, I will
0: never defend fans being shits on Twitter messaging guys and being like, you suck, get out of town. Those guys, they're the worst fans. They're bums. They don't deserve the oxygen. That said, it's going to happen. It's not Chiefs fans, Browns fans, Texans fans, Cowboys, doesn't matter. Every fan base has these knucklehead, knuckle-dragging, mouth-breathing, paste-eating idiots who get on Twitter and say outrageous, stupid shit to players like they're not loyal to the team or you suck today and, and worse. But if you're a professional football player what are you doing getting on Twitter in the locker room after the game to not see what, what do you, what do you expect? What do you think is going to happen? And, and, and look, you're a professional. You get paid millions and millions of dollars. Get the hell off Twitter. Who cares? Don't look at it. Don't respond. You get paid to not respond. You get paid to not do what Justin Reed did. What Juan Thornhill did. You get paid to pay, play football. If I like, you know, whatever. You know, you're working down at the at the grocery store and the mechanic shop, you know, and you get you get in it with somebody on Twitter, it's not going to impact anybody's job over there, right? Right. But in the NFL, where you got media, everybody's getting asked about it, your teammates, and it's high stakes, and you're getting paid that much money. If I was Clark Hunt, I'd be like, Nobody nobody tweets. You don't tweet if you're a Kansas State chief. Like, this is we
1: don't need it. It's completely unnecessary. And you get paid millions of dollars not to bring it into I, the locker room. My advice to any player would be. I, listen man you everybody's a person everybody you know they're they're just like the rest of us in terms of they, they want to be involved in social media all that stuff. i i'm fine with it but if you my i honestly as a just as a rule of thumb viral player if we lose a game I'm not going on Twitter for 24 hours it, just because it gives you time to cool, cool down you know emotions are running high like all you know fans are their emotions are running high like just let everybody cool down for 24 hours you just get away from it you win the game, whatever you want to go on there and t- fun. Cares, but you lose the game. I back away from it for a little bit because nothing good's going to happen. Nothing good's going to happen. There are times that, and I am I am far from the, uh, the the public figure or NFL player is, but like there are times I've thought about tweeting things that I have an opinion on, and I'm like, you know, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. Yeah. You know, don't click send, man. Like sometimes I, you don't have to have an opinion on everything. You don't have to have a commentary on everything, and. Yeah, you're right. Like, Juan Thornhill didn't say anything necessarily wrong, but he's going to get crapped on for it because they just lost the game. He didn't play particularly well, right? I mean, he was on the unit that played poorly. Like, I I just think Justin Reed in that moment on, on Tuesday morning, dude, just, just stop. Just don't say anything. Even if you think what you tweeted, leave it to yourself. Like, just yeah. keep it to yourself, man. You're not – I'm never going to be the person. Who's, you know, that famous, like, shut up and dribble. Like, I don't, I don't believe that. I think that's garbage. Like, you are a human being. You are you just happen to be a professional football player. That's fine. You have every right to give your thoughts on anything you want to give it on. But in that instance, when you just got yoked, I mean, maybe it's not the best idea. For you, like, for you as a player and a person and an athlete, it's not the best idea to open your mouth and be like, well, you know, I actually think we played well that game. No, you didn't. Like, <laughs> I watched the tape, Justin. You did not play well in that game. And were you the biggest problem on that defense? No, but you're part of the defense. And you're the one who talked. You're the one who was like, oh, I'll tell you what, we're going to shut them all down. Uh, no, you're not actually. So it is – all right, Well, let's move on real quick here before we go. And we head to Kansas City here. When 20, less 24 hours. We'll be there. Um, what is your prediction for the Chiefs and the Broncos? Do you think they win? Do you think they cover the spread? Where do you fall on this?
0: I really wanted to predict just a, a a total chiefs blowout you know 40 to four in this game you know two safeties like I, just, I, I i really wanted to but like this i i I'm having some trust issues with the chiefs right now I think they're going to be fine but I kind of am leaning in, in your direction that they may struggle a little bit come out a little flat or be a little wonky early on after that game against Cincinnati until they get their heads screwed on straight so I've got this game. Uh, I think the Chiefs win. Chiefs twenty four, Broncos twelve. I I think they're going to come out and just give up field goals in this one. But I think the Chiefs might have some red zone struggles and and we get frustrated. Um, but if this game, if that twenty four isn't put up early, and it's you know, it's a close, it's like a one score game going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Listen, don't bring your kids to Tanners. That's all I got to say. Because it we're it, it's going to be it's going to be tough you see a grown man – four grown men cry. Uh, You know, it's not going to be
1: pretty. Yeah. I have this game 23-13, to Chiefs. I wouldn't touch the spread if I was a gambler in this game. I would take the under. I think the under is going to hit. Look, I I don't – the reason I can't – like, I can't get to the idea that Denver is actually going to beat them because Denver is just so inept. I I, I just can't. I, I think Denver is so bad. I think it would take the Chiefs doing what they did against the Colts, like just a full-blown meltdown. You know, turnovers deep in their own territory, a pick six, a crap like that. Like just the kind of the kind of game that is just is nightmare fuel. You know, a pick six to Sertan, a strip sack, a scoop and score, like stuff like that. I, I think that's what it would take. So in in that realm, if I'm the Chiefs, I got to be honest. Offensively, I do what a lot of teams do against Denver. I'd be pretty conservative. I'd run the ball to Pacheco. I'd get the ball out of Mahomes' hands quickly. I'd tell them all week long, man, if, if there's not an easy throw to make, just throw it away. Just throw it away. Don't turn it over. That is the biggest thing I want to see in this game, so help me God. If they turn the ball over against Denver, I'm going to lose my mind. They have played 12 games this year. They have turned the ball over in 10 of them. Stop turning the fucking ball over. That is my yeah. number one thing in this game. If they turn the ball over against this team, it's the only way they're going to lose. It is the only way they're losing this game. So I am picking the Chiefs twenty-three to thirteen. I think it's right around the spread. Could I see it being a seven-point game? Yeah. Could I see it being a thirteen-point game? Yeah. I'll split the difference and say ten. Is there a world where the Chiefs just blow their doors off? Yeah, there is. I mean, there's there's a world where Denver just comes out flat and Mahomes comes out smoking, and the Chiefs win this thing like thirty-one to six. But I, Denver's only lost by more than one score once this season. So uh, I'll say I'll say like twenty-three thirteen. I like Clint's 66 10 Chiefs. Why not run it back to 67, which yeah. uh, I know what you're talking about? That Chiefs Bears game, I believe, right? Wasn't that a crazy story like that? Uh, the preseason game. But that's where I'm at. And, and somebody asked, uh, I think it was Jake, uh, what bar I'm hitting on Friday. I don't know yet, but I'm going to tweet it out. I'm going to tweet it out. So follow me on Twitter if you don't already. Um, and I'll keep people updated. I know, you know I'm getting in around three. I'm going to drop my bags off to the hotel. Um, well, who am I kidding? I'm gonna drop a bag off. I, we're there for three days. I'm, I'm like packing a, a like a Target bag, and then, uh, yeah, I'll, we're gonna go to dinner. I'm not even sure. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure exactly what that's gonna look like yet. And then after dinner, then yeah, then I'm I'm wide open and I'll be out and about for hours on end. So I will I will tweet out where I am, and if you guys want to come out, and find us, um, do it, and we'll be there having some beers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, I think Sterling and I are gonna try to catch the Ku Mizu game at the Peanut um so just a heads up to any of our listeners if you want to come by and say hi on friday i think that game's at 4 45 and then we're gonna get some food, that's on and saturday, we'll be the bars. That uh, sa- saturday yeah i'm sorry um yeah i've got my i've got my times mixed up here um is that game on saturday yes is it oh i gotta I got to talk to sterling um yeah and we'll be out on friday hitting some dinner and, and stuff as well so um, we'll be looking forward to meeting you guys so again the link is in the description of this video We are just about out of RSVPs. Tanner's has got like a, uh, you know, they got a capacity. It's not, it doesn't fit a thousand people. So it's almost, it's almost all filled up. Again, RSVPing does not guarantee you a seat. So remember the game's at 3.05. We're going to start our pregame podcast a little over an hour before kickoff. Um, But you know, the place opens at 11. I would suggest like Verterim did. RSVP, get, get that ticket because what that ticket gets you is five additional raffle tickets to all the shit we're going to be giving away throughout the course of the evening. Um, and uh, the first 50 of you to check in with us with a ticket get a really awesome prize. And I can just tell you right now, it is a hat. And I don't have the uh, the logo on it, but I'll tweet it out a little bit later. But it is a hat with a, with a goat logo. Uh, and I believe we got the Mahomes ones printed out. So, uh, it's a goat on a hat, with the number 15, it's got the Mahomes hair. Um, and then I think we made a Kelsey one too. So I don't know exactly which all ones we got printed or what, which ones we'll have, but they're really rad. There's only going to be 50 of them. They're not for sale. Um, and so it, it'll be a pretty cool, uh, keepsake from this event. If you're one of the first 50 to check in with us and you want to get in there and get your table and why not make a day of we're gonna be setting up, getting things ready around uh, around noon, twelve thirty. We'll start probably doing raffles and things like that. But when the games kick off, we're gonna be sitting like we're gonna be setting up and doing sound checks and stuff, man. But like we're gonna be in the bar, we're gonna be hanging out, shaking hands, talking to you, getting to know you guys, and rooting like hell for the New York Jets. Um, <laughs> go Jet, yeah. man! I mean, like if the, you know that that's the game for us all to watch because if the Jets win that one, Chiefs got a chance to get back on top in the AFC. Uh, By the way, they they can
1: clinch the division this weekend. We should note that real quick. The Chiefs can clinch AFC West. They need to win, and the Chargers need to lose. So uh, we could have a party, uh, Tanner's, uh, well into the night, depending on how this all shakes out. Chiefs need to win, Chargers need to lose. That's enough. It would be the seventh straight AFC West championship.
0: Yeah, and the Chargers are playing the Dolphins. They're the ones that got flexed into Sunday night. Dolphins yeah. coming off a loss to the 49ers. They're trying to get back on track. So like a perfect day in my mind is the Jets knock off the Bills. The Chiefs yeah. curb stomp the Broncos. And oh, then gosh. we're all sitting there a few drinks in watching and rooting on the Dolphins who will still be uh, you know, behind Kansas City in the standings to take out the Chargers to clinch the AFC West for the Chiefs. So that sounds like a damn good day of football for me. Um, I might not make my plane on Monday, to be honest with you, if all that goes down, but that's all right. I'll be stuck in Kansas city. Better, better places to be stuck. Right.
1: That's right. That's right. I, uh, so I'm taking my car. I can leave whenever the hell I want. All right. Yeah. Listen, everybody, yeah, I, may have to, I may have to hitch a ride home with you. If I miss my flight, you pay the gas, you do whatever. Uh, all yeah. right. Listen, <laughs> everyone, thank you for being here. Love having you a part of the Arrow Attic podcast as always. Not only the people who are here in in uh, real time, which of course you people are, the MVPs of the show, but also all the all of you that listen afterwards. Um, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And again, if you're in or around the Kansas City area, we really hope to see you this weekend. Whether it be Friday at the Bar, Saturday at the Bar, of course. Most importantly, like Sunday at Tanner's. That is the main thing. Really want to see everybody there. Uh, we're gonna go out of our way to spend time with people and 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 really make it a good time. Be really inclusive. So. Um, can't wait. Looking forward to it. And uh, we will we will see you all really, really soon. So until then, for Patrick Allen, I am Matt Burnham. This has been the Arrowhead Attic Podcast presented by the KC Beer.